This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. In the book of Hebrews chapter 13, and I'm going to read for you three classic passages of Scripture. I'm going to read for you Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, 6, and verse number 8. And I'd like for you to follow along with me. I'm speaking today on this subject simply entitled, After Christmas. And I hope that something that we say in the message today will be a blessing to your heart and give you some hope and inspiration and exclusively maybe some motivation. That's my prayer. And so this morning... I want you to look at these passages. We are very familiar with them. At least you should be as a Christian. You ought to be. I would say almost you should be able to quote these verses. They have meant so much to saints of old yesterday, today, and if Jesus tarries is coming tomorrow as well. But I want you to notice with me now, beginning in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And let me pause and say this, no matter what we do in our life as a believer, and no matter how many endless and countless times that we fail the Lord, he will never let go of our hand. And I'm so thankful for that today. In verse number six, so that we may boldly say, and that's with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. In verse number eight, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You might want to make a footnote in the margin of your Bible and add this scripture, Malachi 3, verse number six. It's not on your bulletin today, but I just want to give it to you. It reminds me so well of this passage God said, I am the Lord and I will not change. I change not. I am the Lord of hosts. So I want you to understand that God's not in the business of changing. He will not change. He will not ever change. And he will not ever leave us. He will never forsake us. And that is a promise. That is a promise that his integrity hinges upon. And so I'm going to be speaking today after Christmas. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Well, the Christmas rush is come and gone. And I think most of you are probably rejoicing <laughs> over that. People almost act like lunatics during the last stretch of Christmas, they're weaving in and out of traffic. You're slamming on your brakes and you're thinking things you ought not to think and maybe saying things you ought not to say. That's what happens to us on the home stretch. So maybe you're glad that it's over. 
I, I think there are plenty of Christmas trees that are standing in people's homes today where perhaps even you this morning, you didn't give it a second glance. You didn't give it a second thought. Maybe that's true for you. You have had family and you've had friends. They've come and they've gone and your house is a mess and you're dreading to have to clean it all up. And maybe, sadly, somebody's maxed out their credit cards and you're going to get depressed over that in a day or two. Maybe you've even gained a few pounds. Betty Crocker put them on, but Jenny Craig will take them off. <laughs> All the hurry, the hustle and bustle is a little faded. Maybe perhaps some of the decorations that you have in your home has kind of lost a little bit of its fizz. I mean, you enjoyed putting them up, but you can't wait to take them down. A lot of the excitement of all of this is over. You know, now it's all about the hard work and cleaning up and some of the entertainment side of it has gone and disappeared and some people are going back to work tomorrow. Radio stations are now going back to their regular formats. They've stopped playing all the Christmas music. And for the most part, the celebration of Christmas, like a speeding bullet, has come and it is gone. I gave that a little extra thought. Some, some may be happy about it. Some may be sad. Some may be depressed or some may be satisfied. I don't know. There are a lot of emotions that come and go with this. What do you see after Christmas? What's your thoughts? What do you think about? A few days ago, we sat in a chair, perhaps, or sat on the sofa in our home, and we saw the excitement on children's faces. Maybe perhaps you got hooked on the Hallmark Christmas series. You saw the Christmas shows and TV specials, and maybe perhaps you have an ornament on your tree or some type of decoration in your home that brings back fond memories. Maybe you have seen dozens of little manger scenes everywhere telling the story. But now it's all beginning to come into the rearview mirror. It's like a holiday hurricane. It comes in fast and hard and it retreats almost in the same way. I, I love the season. I really do. And I, I love to have a healthy balance of all of it. I, I, love, I love the fun side of it. I love the make-believe side of it. But I never put them in front or before of the holy realities. I love most of the Christmas songs that are out today. One in particular, I believe the name of it is called, Do You Hear What I Hear? Do You See What I See? And I got to thinking about that particular Christmas carol and thinking about those words and how 
meaningful they are when you stop and listen to the words sometimes of music, not just uh, the, the rhythm and rhyme of it, but if you take time to listen to the words, some of these songs have a real sincere message to it. And that song I was thinking about, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? I wanted to take that song and I wanted to spiritualize that lyric just for a little bit this morning. And if you're looking at your outline today, and I encourage you to write some notes. In fact, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures, fellas, in the back that are not on the bulletin today, but taking the topic, do you hear what I hear? Or particularly, do you see what I see? Number one this morning, I see that Christmas has come and gone and Jesus is still ignored by the world. Now there's a scripture in the Bible in Romans chapter 1 verse number 28 that pretty much identifies the lost crowd in that thought. Christmas has come and gone and Jesus is still ignored by most of the world. The apostle Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 1 verse number 28. He said, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. In other words, they completely ignored him. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Now, there, there are doctrines and convictions built around Romans chapter 1 that we're not going to preach about today. I just want to emphasize that as far as the lost of this world, this scripture fits them so perfectly. And as even they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, to the majority of the world, this thing about Jesus highly offends the greater population of this world. This thing about Jesus, the doctrine of him, his deity, his sovereignty, is rejected by the world at large, by the lost. And Romans chapter 1, this scripture here fits that so well. But here's a more tragic side of that. We understand that the lost world that does not acknowledge Jesus, that doesn't know him, we understand that they ignore him. We get that. But probably one of the saddest things and thoughts about this particular point is that there are even professing Christians today who ignore him. You say, well, how in the world can that be, preacher? Let me ask you a question. Let's do some personal self-inventory a little bit this morning and see how far this takes us down the road as believers. The question would be is this, are you growing in grace? Are you making spiritual progress in your life? 
because that's what the word admonishes us to do in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 18. The word says this growing grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And so as a believer, according to the scripture, we have the admonishment to be growing in grace, to be growing in the faith. In fact, there's a verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 13, that says, as a believer, we have a responsibility to grow in grace. If we're not growing in grace and leaving the simplistic things, leaving the milk, the scripture says this in Hebrews chapter 5, verse number 13, not, not forgetting them because every foundation, every cornerstone in our life that we've ever learned about the scriptures is profitable. But there comes a point in time, let me ask you this, how long have you been saved? And since the time that you have been saved, are you growing in your faith? Are you growing in grace? Are you making progress? Because the scripture says this in Hebrews 5.13, as a believer we must, for everyone that useth milk, we have got to move past the milk. If all we're going to be stuck on is Peter, James, and John in a sailboat, and Jonah in the belly of a whale, and David killing Goliath. Now, I'm not minimizing any of those great stories of Scripture. They're all important. We still teach them in our children's ministries. We preach about it or reference to it sometimes. But I will tell you, we, we need to, as believers, to be moving past these simplistic things and dwell deep in the Scriptures. That means we've got to get out of the place of being comfortable and applying our hearts and our minds to the truth and the principles and the precepts of God's word. Look at this. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. And the truth of the matter is we know that the world is ignoring Jesus. But it's a crying shame when professing believers ignore him as well. When we're not growing in grace, when we're not growing in the faith, the sad truth of the matter is this. There are many professing believers that spend more time on their cell phone and thinking about YouTube than they do about the Lord's work, his ministry, and his word. Let, let me challenge you to do something. This thing about serving the Lord and growing in grace and, and moving past the milk, the simplistic things, spiritually speaking, I want to challenge you to, to take just a little test when you go home today. Get out a piece of paper and try to apply yourself to just three things and see how far you've grown and progressed and grown in grace. Just get out a piece of paper when you get home and try to write out. Can you write out, including text, only three, three verses of Scripture? Try doing that. I'm going to give you three assignments. Can you go home and get out a piece of paper and write out just three? And let me give you the first one, John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. Now you work hard on two more. 
just two passages. Can you write two scriptures with just two? With scripture and text. The other one would be this. Can you take out a piece of paper, sit down, and write out the names of the 12 disciples? Can you go home with a piece of paper and start with Matthew and write the books of the New Testament in order? Try those three simple things. Step back and ask the question, am I growing in grace? And if you say, yeah, where? You say, preacher, that's to the point. The truth of the matter is this. We understand how the world ignores the Christ. We understand how the world can do that. But as believers, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? I still see that there are many who are ignoring the word. I want you to think about this. Ignoring him will never remove him. He's been here from the beginning. The word says he's the everlasting prince of peace and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Our text verse today, if we go back to the one in Hebrews, it says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means this, that what he was yesterday, he is today. And what he is today, he will be forever. Can somebody say amen? As he lay in Bethlehem's manger, he was God in the flesh. We spoke on that on Christmas Eve. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1.14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was God in the flesh when he grew. He was God in the flesh when he was busy about the Father's business in his public ministry. He was God in the flesh when he was arrested in Gethsemane. He was God in the flesh when he was falsely tried. He was God in the flesh when he hung on the cross. He was God in the flesh when they laid his body in an empty tomb. He was God in the flesh, visible flesh, when he came out of the tomb. He he had made himself very known and he had made himself very accessible. Yet the startling truth is this. There were many back then, there are many today that still ignore him. The second thing that I see this morning is that Christmas has come and gone and many do not know him. The Apostle Paul said this in Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Let me tell you this. This happened to me on Thursday. I, I, I hate to get into traffic and, and to be out on the roads right before Christmas. It's a pain. I hate it. I, I, there's probably a hundred different things I would rather do than to be in a, a line of traffic where you could... All you can see is cars. As far as you can see, you look in your rearview mirror and that's all you can see. And then you got people that's weaving in and out in front of you. You're slamming on brakes. And again, you're getting back to those thinking and saying things you all not to be thinking and saying. It works for all of us. In our home, we've always had a tradition at Christmas, Christmas morning, ever since I have a memory brainwave of remembering even as a toddler, my mom and dad, before any of the gifts were open, I shared a little bit about this on 
uh, Friday evening, Christmas Eve. And before any of our gifts were ever opened, we would always read the Christmas story and we would sing happy birthday to Jesus as a family. We would do that. And, and years gone by when I was just a tot, I mean, as far as I can remember, we would read the story, we would sing happy birthday to Jesus, and then we uh, would blow the candle out. And as we grew up, we still did that. And as we raised our children, we did that. And sometimes we used uh, the song, sometimes we used the candle, sometimes we used the cake and the candle, but the story and the birthday song always was given. And so Gail had asked me on Thursday morning, she said, listen, I've got all this bacon I'm doing here. Would you mind going to the store and getting a cake, a birthday cake for Jesus? I said, I would love to do that. <laughs> and so I did. And I got out there. Kind of reminded me when I was a teenager and went to roller skate. You remember the sign? It used to come in all skate, and everybody was just out there doing I got out there, and it was a madhouse. And I went to the store, and I went to the bakery, and I saw a nice little cake, and I said, well, that's the one. I walked up to the counter, and it was crawling with people, and I knew I was going to have to stand there and wait for a while. So I was standing there patiently with my cake. You wait your time, you wait your turn. And then when I got close to the counter, a lady came rushing up to the counter right in front of me. And she began to talk to the, I guess you would call her a baker, on the other side of the counter. And she was asking her a half a dozen questions the lady looked at me. I said, it's okay. And so she began to communicate with her. They had a conversation going on. And, and when the lady left, she turned to me and began to use some really foul language, not at me, but describing what had just happened. And in her breath, she was saying, all of these things, things that I didn't want to hear. And she said, and I'm sorry, sir, this just happened to you. Now, what do you want on your cake? I said, happy birthday, Jesus. And another lady was standing by and she said, oh, I can't believe this. I thought my family were the only ones that did this. I cannot believe this. I said, ma'am, I've been doing this ever since I was a little child. And then the baker says to me, I'm going to have to go get somebody else to do this. I said, okay. And she came back and she said, I can't find the other person. How do you spell Jesus? I said, 
S-A-V-I-O-R. She just looked at me. She said, what? And she had wrote it down. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I said, ma'am, J-E-S-U-S. That gripped my heart, but I'm going to tell you what broke my heart was the fact that she was somebody's child, somebody's mother, and at her age, and no doubt, probably somebody's grandmother, who was basically telling me she had no idea who he was. And I thought about that just for a minute. Do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? I see that Christmas is coming gone and the world is filled with people that still do not know him as their personal Lord and Savior. I don't want this particular service to go by without me asking you this question. And you may not remember the exact date. You may not remember the exact time. You may not even remember the name of the person that prayed with you. And really and truly, that's not the important thing. The thing is this. Do you remember a definite time that you asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart and to be your personal Savior? Do you remember that? Some people are going to step in eternity today. We don't have the guarantee of tonight or tomorrow. It could be any of us. And my question is this, are you ready? Do you know him and the power of his resurrection? Number three, if you're following along with me, the next thing I see is that Christmas is coming on and Jesus is still no more Lord in people's lives than he was the day before. By the way, the Lord still wants to be number one in our life. If we claim to know him, he still wants to be number one in our lives. The scripture says, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. There's a difference in relationship and discipleship. When Jesus is made Lord in our lives, I will tell you, it will be made manifest. People will be able to see that. And you say, well, is that important that people see Jesus in us? Yes, it is because he said that you are to be salt and light. It's very important. And by the way, you can tell who is a kingdom seeker. I want to challenge our church that in this next upcoming year, that, that you move out from the milk, you get into the word of God and be able to answer at least three simple Bible questions and let your light shine and let people know that you are salt and light and Jesus has you here for a purpose to make a difference in this dark world. I want to encourage you to do that. And lastly this morning, I want you to look at this, number four, and our musicians, I want you to come. Another thing I see is that Christmas has come and gone and people are not ready for the Lord's return. I just announced a few minutes ago that in just a couple of weeks, I'm going to begin our annual Bible prophecy sermon series. 
And I hope you'll be here for these messages, these prophetic messages. But here's what I want to ask you today. In this thought-provoking sermon and these questions that I hope that you can relate to, listen to this. Now, this is not going to happen. So I don't want you to think that I'm giving you some kind of new gospel today. There's not another gospel. And I don't want to confuse you. This is not going to happen. But hypothetically, if it did, if the Lord Jesus were to give you a 30-minute heads up that he was coming today. What would be the necessary changes you would have to make in your life 30 minutes ahead of time? If you knew that, what would you have to do different in your person whether it be your thoughts, your words, your conduct, your character, your behavior, your mannerisms. What would you have to do with those that you're associated with on a day-to-day basis? What would you have to do with your loved ones? What changes would you make? What I see, do you hear what I hear? Do you see what I see? I see a world filled with people who are not ready for the Lord's return. And the truth of the matter is this. He will give none of us a 30-minute heads up. In such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man comes. You listen to Pastor Tony Cahoot. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.